Folks, this is Max Fun Drive. We are holding it. It is this time of year. We're doing it for four weeks because even in weird times like this, we think it's important that artists are supported and paid for the work that they do. And also, we know that a lot of you out there want to support the network in a bunch of different ways, both financially. And if you can't swing financially, that's okay. We have a ton of ways for you to support us. But if you can become a member or upgrade your membership, you can do that right now at MaximumFun.org forward slash join. There are tons of great gifts at different levels, whatever you feel comfortable with. It's as easy as putting in your credit card, setting up the amount that you're comfortable with, and most importantly, selecting Tights and Fights as one of the shows that you listen to. That's how we benefit directly from your membership. This show would not happen absolutely would not happen without your support. It means so much to all of us, those of you who continue to support us, and those of you who are able to support us at this time in this way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll have more on that later. MaximumFun.org slash join is the place to go. It's called a money plane. Some of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet are on that plane, all craving action. Whatever you want to wager on, the money plane has you covered. You want to bet on a dude fucking an alligator. Money plane. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Daniel. And this guy, Mike Eagle, is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and money plane. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and baby, you seem to be confused, but baby, I got you, Edge. <laughs> I did seem confused. I do yeah. seem confused. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm a dude fucking a halligator Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, Danielle Gunn, where the sun don't shine, Radford. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And Lindsay Pistol Drone Kelk. Thank you. Thank you for that. I mean, fuck. Guys? <laughs> money plane, money plane. Money, uh, money, 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 play. <laughs> this is, uh, look, we're in Max Fun Drive, and that means you get only the best content from us. And so instead of discussing wrestling, which is by and large a dumpster fire, we're going to talk about the greatest cinematic achievement of the last seven days. <laughs> True, fair. Which is the Lawrence Brothers produced and written. Mm-hmm. And performed. Mm-hmm. And performed Money Plane. An action heist movie set on the smallest plane ever, starring Kelsey Grammer as Darius Grouch III, Adam Edge Copeland as, I can't remember his name in the movie, so I'm just going to call him Captain, (laughs) and for someone who probably came and had to work for two days, Denise Richards. Is also was it even movie. two days? Was it even two? I, I feel know. like she could have banged have all that out day. in one. I don't feel like there were many takes yeah. in that performance. I think Thomas Jane was there for like a smooth two hours. <laughs> and Thomas Jane. Oh, man, is Thomas Jane having the time of his Maybe life? Maybe he filmed He's a couple like... of bits at his home afterwards when they called him and they were like, oh, we forgot to get that entire scene of you sat talking on your phone. And he was like, I got this. Yeah. Is it OK if I use my pipe? Can I <laughs> smoke my pipe while I do it? Is that OK? I want to see the script for this movie so badly very badly and so i did look this up um Uh because i was wondering 
Is this one of the Lawrences that was in that TV show that was about the Lawrences being Lawrences and how they're Lawrences? Yeah. Um, that was called Brotherly Love. And it is. He was the youngest Lawrence in the Lawrence TV show about the Lawrences. Uh, I was Andrew Lawrence. Yes. I remember when he was little Andy Lawrence in the first grade. Because he, uh, at my school, he would have been a first grade page for my graduating class. But he was not my page. You adoring Philadelphia fools. Look That's at you. That's right. There's a reason why the show is called Brotherly Love. They are from Philadelphia and all three of them attended the same school that I did. Yeah. Joey was a year ahead. That was of me. the first time I've hmm. I only learned I, this last week when I right. took Hal to task about his relationship with Joey Lawrence. When I, I had that's many right. questions because I was a huge Joey Lawrence fan. <laughs> These days we would say Stan as a child, uh, both in Blossom uh, and in his musical career, where I enjoyed the see- the tape single, the single of uh, Nothing My Love Can't Fix For You Baby. I definitely have that song memorized. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a great show. Fix for you, baby. It was oh, on the 90210. So good. It's so good. And then he does the rap about smelling like. Yeah, does a rap about smelling like Philly Zoo. I mean, I was primed to love mm-hmm. Money Plane. I was primed. Frasier, one of my favorite shows of all time. Edge, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Denise Richards, one of the actors in Starship Troopers, which is one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. Movie. The whole Lawrence family. Yeah. The promise of a guy fucking an alligator. And planes, uh-huh. which I can no longer go on. So there was nothing about this movie that I was not going to love. I just didn't expect it to come together in such a glorious, slick, well-produced, just convincing package. If we haven't sold you on this movie yet, here's the summary. A professional thief with $40 million in debt and his family's <laughs> life on the line must commit one final heist. Rob a futuristic airborne casino filled with the world's most dangerous criminals. There are like three other passengers. <laughs> How do you get forty million dollars in debt? Right? Poker. Like, just that's a lot, though. That's a well, lot. Lost. Who, who gives you that much credit that you can have forty million dollars in debt? Because at that point, it's on them. Because fool me once, shame on me. Fool yeah. me forty million times, shame on you, sir. Shame like, on some you. People, some people can't even get a credit card. You know what I mean? Like genuinely believe the original 40 million dollars in debt at the beginning of this movie was to vince i think he's in debt to vince like i think jack his name is jack uh the captain's name is jack because that's a good generic action hero name uh he's 40 million dollars in debt to vince then frazier buys the debt from vince and now he owns edge slash jack slash captain i want my damn money jack don't do that don't use my real name Oh, right. You're on a mission. So we'll need some cool code names, right? Okay. Uh, what did you call your superior officer? I was a captain, so he used my colonel. Cool. I'll call you captain, you call me colonel. So he's like a creditor. He's like a debt collector. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but in this case, he collects the solid form of Bitcoin. Yes. Yes. He's going to get some Bitcoin. Why do we even start? Where do we start, Hal? Tell us where to start, because I have Tell so many start, thoughts. Tell us where to start, Hal. I'm tired. I kind of want to walk everybody through this movie. Yes, let's do the plot breakdown. Because if you didn't hear all the things that happened, you might not believe that these are all the things in this movie. But they are, and we need to make sure <laughs> that you know going into it yep. every single thing that happens so that you, those of you with heart problems or back issues or who are pregnant are able to enjoy the film safely. So 
uh, it starts with a an art heist where Edge's crew are trying to steal a painting of a duck. Uh, uh-huh. It's the most low rent Ocean's Eleven shit I've ever seen. It yes. looks like we filmed it via Zoom with mm-hmm. no script and no props, and we did it in my garage. Like it looks like that's <laughs> what we did. But the best part of this, which really, I watched it with Jeff, and he, as he pointed out from the very beginning, the biggest flaw in this movie, obviously there's a twist to come, but it's the fact that they did not pull off this heist, and yet we're supposed to believe they're the greatest <laughs> crew of all time. But they fail in the heist, and they end up having to like kick a bunch of ass to get out, and they still end up beholden to Frasier on the hook for $40 million. Right. Well, And there's not really the- any explanation of how they went from Edge owing $40 million from playing poker to how he became George Clooney in Ocean's Eleven. Also there's from no being in the Army. Or Air Force. Yes, he was an Air, Air Force, Force captain. He, they made the, the biggest mistake that you can make when pulling off a heist, which is uh, step one, checking to see if the thing you're heisting is there. Yeah, you should find out if it's there. You send someone in with one of those wheelie buckets dressed as a janitor to go and check that it's there. And then they say very subtly into their sleeve, it's on. And then also, that's when you begin. So, you know, I am I am making sure that I have money playing up while we are doing this, uh, just in case there is anything visually that I would like uh, to make sure to reference while we uh, while we talk about this seminal um, 2020 film. Is it after that we meet Darius Grouch the third? It's after that we meet Darius Grouch the third, who for some reason on the IMDb listing for the cast and crew is listed as the Rumble. Well, you don't give away a name like that unless somebody buys the movie. That's the only way you get to hear him say, I'm Darius Grouch the third. The third. First of all, and I mean this sincerely, congratulations on everybody for making a movie. You all got paid to make a movie. Amazing. And that ain't nothing. You got it made however you did it. Additionally, I look at it and go, what was the budget on this? And did the majority of the money go to Kelsey Grammer, Thomas Jane, Denise Richards? And I think it all went to Lawrence's. To I think it's just wall-to-wall <laughs> Lawrence's. I think the money came from the Lawrence's, is my, is my feeling. Ooh, maybe, <laughs> like, and maybe it was their Bitcoin. I do, I have a question about the name Darius Grouch because it was something we were talking about. Um, yep. So very often when you white people came over to uh, the United States, not you, Kelk, uh, you came, I mean, it was you, my people. I mean, it was fairness. your people, but you came later. Like, it's okay. different. Oh, um, cool. <laughs> but when, but when uh, uh, most of the whites came and you would still do that thing where you came to Ellis Island, you yes, would, that's my angli- family. you would, yeah, you would, you would, you would uh, angli- angli- anglicize whatever white people do. You would make your last name not sound ethnic. I had a friend whose name was Weinstein and they changed it to Winton. Exactly. Just and, like and that. He, and obviously that thing that like everyone's uh, fucking uh, aunt does right after they call him a Cheeto man, where they talk about how he's drunk because he can like it, it, it because John Oliver said that once and then everyone glommed onto it. So mm-hmm. my question is, what do you think Grouch was before they got to Ellis Island? Oh, might have been. So there are two choices, right? One is the family changes the name. The other is the people who are who are bringing you in can't pronounce the name. And they're like, no, and then they Smith. change it. Yep. And that is absolutely happens. Yep. I I think it was Grouch, but with a Z on the end. Ooh. (laughs) What if it was Grouch with a Z at the beginning? A silent Z. Ooh. (laughs) Like a silent Z. Yeah. Yeah. Like a nice, good, solid Polish silent Z. Get it in there. I I assumed he was part of the New York Grouches. I assumed he was in that family. 
the uh, New York grouches. Yeah, I thought he came from those guys up uh, around Sesame Street, but I don't know that for sure. <laughs> they have a similar temperament, you know? I it's mean, true. he's out the trash can, but is he out of the trash can of his heart? That's yes. And you know, that is some prime real estate that can, I will say that. Yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I'm German, I'm gonna say let's add some umlauts onto Grouch. There's oh, probably just sure. a bunch of umlauts for sure. Grouch. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a Grouch. He's so, a Grouch. He's a Grouch. The reason a, why uh, why we're meeting Grouch is he's the one who asked them to steal this painting and they weren't able to. So what he has done is bought up the forty million dollars in poker debt. That Jack Reese has has accumulated and says, I will we will square this if you I want you to rob the money plane. I want you to give me all the Bitcoin and you can keep whatever's in the vault to live off. This will be one last score for you. How is that not a harder job? I have never biffed an interview. Like, say you go in and you're like, I'm going to interview to be a receptionist. I've never gone in, uh, uh, tripped on my own feet, accidentally called uh, uh, the boss uh, or the dude interviewing me uh, a piece of shit, uh, uh, puked uh, uh, whiskey all over the table, and then they were like, you're management material. Like, that's never <laughs> happened. Yeah, what we'd like you to you couldn't get the, the painting. You failed at the painting. But we'd like you to go and try and pull off the most difficult heist of all time with your <laughs> you three know? shitty mates who just do <laughs> not seem. I, I, lady aside, lady aside, the two fellas, three fellas, three. I, I forget, but like, not not doing their best work, not doing their best. Also, twelve. I mean, I'm like mm. these kids do not have the experience. Uh, by the way, that's the new uh, uh, Screw Two and a Half Men. The new hot show is Three Shitty Mates. That is the new hot show coming straight from Lindsay Kelk. Every Three guy has mates. them. So it's like it would be very relatable, Hollywood. I'm here. I'm free. I'm available. Bring your checkbook. Danielle, the the scenario you describe for a job interview, that's how uh, white men get promoted all the time. Oh, <laughs> That's what's holding us uh, back. <laughs> like not doing that. Cause see, one time I went in for a job interview uh, mm -hmm. uh, to 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 be a receptionist, and they uh, uh, saw that I knew how to do Excel, and asked me, "How does one learn how to do Excel? Uh, how did you learn that?" And I said, "I'm simply thirty, and then I did not get that job. Uh, it, <laughs> oh it was God. some old, it was some old fucking white dude, and he literally looked me in my face." Uh -huh. And said, how do you know how to do Excel? As though everyone doesn't know how to do Excel. How do you know which? Like, how did you recover five <laughs> how did you know he, literally, he literally said, how did you learn such a thing? And I, and I, did, I literally said, I am 30. He is going to have to speak to the village elders. He is going to have to know how you attain these abilities because they are not natural. It is, it is so confusing. And you will uh, wait outside while you finish his pivot table. <laughs> this is I what Money Plane does to us. Yeah, this is why Darius needed the kids. Because he was like, I've heard about this thing called Bitcoin. And they have it. And I want it. Uh, and he knew that Edge knew some shitty kids who would know about Bitcoin and would be able to get it for him. Which also, then maybe that explains why Darius thought it was necessary to have them break into the plane and commit the heist while it was in the air and not at any point while it was on the ground. 
Why wouldn't you just make it where all of them are people who are handling bags? Yeah, just Why make them baggage handlers or like the guy that puts the gas in the plane or the many technicians that even if it's a private flight are required to come on and sign paperwork to say that your plane is safe to fly before it takes off. Like you could have had you know to what? be you know why, one of these people. You know why? Because know bag- baggage handlers do not have sexy uniforms. They if don't. they had sexy uniforms, then yeah. they all would have been That's true. Jeans. And they've fucked up my bag so many times. So, like, I mean, come on. I, I know justice for baggage handlers, but also those suitcases were not free and now they are broken. But I, my beef with baggage handlers aside, it, wouldn't you think that would be something Darius Grouch III would enjoy? He also really oversold. Yeah, I don't know. He also really oversold the money plane. Yeah. Um, I saw no gators. No. I'm sorry. And and the first bet uh, was what, like uh, a card game? It's mostly card games? It's mostly poker. It's mostly poker well, against Which assholes. you can just do at any reservation casino across Wait, this great land. <laughs> Let's get there in a second. I feel like what we're going to do is talk about the first half of this movie, and then the next segment will be the second half of this movie. There's just no way to separate the two. There isn't. So we I meet, can't. We meet his family. Well... So we meet his family. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you again. <laughs> oh, there I go with it. I have a shield. <laughs> All right, you two. It's bedtime. Come on, mom. I'm ready? Yes, honey. You gotta go to bed. Yeah, it's bedtime, sweetie. Go get washed up. I'll be up for a story soon. Okay. But dad, just five minutes. No buts. I just feel like this could have been cut out completely, and no one would have given a fuck. It's already only 82 minutes. And it could have been a tight 45, Danielle. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Look, tight 45. I have to say this. It, it needs to be said. Denise Richards' voice has dropped a full five octaves. At least. Like, how low her voice is boggles my mind. Hold on. Because it, what it tells me is she smokes. She has the voice of someone who heavily smokes and has heavily smoked. Maybe she, too, is a member of the Grouch family. It's uh, there's definitely. What well, she an did element. say, scram. <laughs> there's an element of Oscar in there. Like, yeah, I just couldn't get over. Oh wow, it's I'm real listening low. to her voice. It's oh god, it's deeper yeah. than mine. How it's is so that? deep. I didn't even notice it because I have like such a deep voice. No, I can't tell you how many times I've watched Starship Troopers and Wild Things as a yeah. child and also Higher as voice. an adult. It's, it's like she's got a very flirty, high-pitched lady voice. I wonder now, if she pitches her voice up. It's um, possible. Maybe. Your voice lowers over time. It's just True. sort of a natural thing, but that's ahead of schedule. I watched a couple of episodes of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills that she was on, because I don't really watch Housewives, but I heard that you know there was scandal afoot, and what am I doing? Sat in my house. So I'm like, maybe I've got time for this. And I don't remember it being quite this low on Real Housewives, so maybe she is just an expert of pitching up and down. But so, either way, it's wild. Where that voice sits in her chest, and like the there's like a little voice. rattle to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's definitely there's tobacco involved. There's smoking yeah. involved in that voice. You especially hear it towards the end, but it's it's. A shock, and they're definitely. I can talk up here and use sort of the higher part of my voice, or I can get lower and talk into sort of this part of my register. But th- if this is me talking this part of my register, she's down here talking like this. Where you go? Mm, that's <laughs> well, not she's getting into homes, into homes, <laughs> like below homes. Sub. She went sub homes for this movie. Oof, woof. Never go sub homes. Then we meet Harry, played by Thomas Jane. Oh yeah, who just breaks into his house in the middle of the night. Breaks yeah. into Edge's house in the middle of the night, despite the fact he has a child. To and babysit. he is, in fact, that child's godfather. 
Yeah. I, the exposition I, in that scene was beautiful. I do just want to say, as as a storyteller myself, the exposition in the three sentences exchange where he's like, what are you doing? It's like, can't I come and see my goddaughter? And it's like, well, that was my wife's idea. Come on, you old dog. Let's talk about our olden days in the Air Force. Like, and he's doing this thing with his face where he looks like Jim Carrey <laughs> doing a Charles Bronson imitation. I assume he was trying to read the script from the cards they were holding up behind Edge's head. Oh, yeah. Is why yeah, he was yeah. pulling he that face. No, he didn't know. He was looking at his phone in between every take. I mean, oh, maybe they were written on the pipe. Maybe his lines were on the pipe. It's so hard to say. You think he brandoed it? <laughs> he's like Brando I, and Superman? Oh, it was just not his best work. I don't know. Oh, do you, we think he's not wearing pants like uh, Brando and oh. Godfather? <laughs> yeah, he's got, he's got um, Adidas slides on his feet. <laughs> his underwear and then whatever he has to wear up top. He's like, this isn't in the shot, right? This isn't in the shot, is it? No, he doesn't need to be wearing pants to be asking Edge how he managed to get into this much debt when he was one of the greatest poker players to have ever lived, but then he lost that one hand and they could never get it back. Look, there are a lot of reasons why you lose a lot of money playing poker. And this is a somebody who has lost a lot of money playing poker and won some money playing poker. Oh, stop playing playing poker, poker. first off, uh, just as your friend. (laughs) He has a nice house for someone who has $40 million in debt. Well, we don't know what Denise does for a living. I assumed realtor. That's true. Um, All we know about Thomas Jane at a certain point is that he is a cat shusher. (laughs) He is a cat shusher. Why did he shush that cat? Shush the the cat. Yeah, the cat didn't, the cat wasn't causing trouble. The cat was just like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Cat did nothing. What's going up, Team Uncle Pat. Harry? Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't understand the problem. Um, yeah, it was just, I feel like the whole thing with the film for me feels like the script was written. Someone came back with notes and there were many notes and they were like, how does this happen? How does this happen? Why does this person have this special skill? Why are these people in this situation? And rather than do a second draft, the Lawrence that wrote the movie just put in the character of Harry and had him deliver all exposition. Just had him deliver any justification that was needed. So he explained how Edge had been in the Air Force with him. He explained how he had lost all that money at poker, even though he used to be the greatest. He later explains the shenanigans behind the heist, which is like, how did he even find that out? Like, how did he find these Mm -hmm. things out? And also, Edge, for someone who was running the greatest crew in the world, did not do his homework because it feels to me like that information was fairly easy to obtain. It really did seem like Harry did not really work that hard to find out what he found out later in the movie. But his entire character is there just to deliver exposition. That's it. Man, I I do. I love when they make someone go full Giles. Like you are only there to do exposition and get hit on the fucking head. That is the only thing you were there Go get your watcher's guides and explain some shit to people. (laughs) Then pick up your pipe and fuck off. Do you have glasses you can clean? (laughs) Yeah. And his crew will be there with him. He'll be taking Trey Peterson and Isabella Voltaic with him while Iggy will stay on the ground, which he does not want to do. That's normally Trey's job. But he needs, but you know, Jack needs Trey on the plane. We're gonna take for, a for brief reasons break. That aren't really explained. We can't take a break. There's no time, people. There's no, no time. we have to take a break. But when we come back, we're gonna board the money plane for the heist of the century. And me and Kelk are gonna talk about the uniforms for the stewardesses for like a minute. Bye. 
You guys, we've already mentioned it once, but um, we're going to keep mentioning it because it's real important. It's Max Fun Drive right now. It will be for the next four weeks because, you know, trying times, we all know this, but we also know that you would like an opportunity to support us as we support you. And we have some awesome feedback from people like Ray in Seattle who says, I'm a medical assistant, so I'm still working. The shows and even the emails and newsletters that Max Fun sends out helps calm my ever fraying nerves. So we're here for you, Ray. And if you would like to be here for us, it would mean so much. Uh, if you're able, you can join at MaximumFun.org forward slash join and subscribe in whatever way you are able to. One of the great things about becoming a member is even at the $5 level, you're unlocking bonus content just for you, created by every single show, including ours, that we have something really, really exciting you know, you've heard tapping titles so many times. Tapping titles, <laughs> tapping titles, tapping titles all over the place. Tapping titles. But you've never heard tapping titles before until now. At the $5 level, $5 per month, you get access to tapping titles for the first time ever. Plus, every bonus episode we've ever done, all years of bonus episode, entire back, back uh, archive of bonus episodes. But most importantly, tapping titles can be yours so go to maximumfund.org forward slash join join at the five dollar level just enter your credit card information select tights and fights as one of the shows you listen to to make sure that we benefit from it and you're gonna be tapping titles quicker than you can say one two three uh, as we've mentioned we everything is uh, uh this year has been a decade and so we are so, so thankful for those of you who support us, whether you're able to support us and and um, through the drive. But we know that things are hard, man. Uh, a, a, a link, a review, sharing us with your friends goes such a long way. And because, man, uh, please don't uh, please don't spend money you don't have. Uh, please buy Robin. We love you. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin. I'm joined by. I uh, if you want to bet on a Radford, fucking a Danielle. <laughs> oh, just, money plane. Yeah, money plane. Money plane. Money plane. That's my new name. <laughs> Lindsay Money Plane Kelp Money Plane. Money plane. That's right. Money plane. Money plane. Money plane. Money plane. Money plane. Money plane. All right. <laughs> let's board the money plane. The smallest plane that flies in international airspace where nothing can, uh, nobody can be arrested for anything ever. It's not and real. But it's not even like a private jet. It's not even yeah. like a little sexy jet. It's just a shit plane. It's just the economy cabin of a regular, super old, shitty plane. My favorite part is when they are going through what I am assuming is the boarding area. Mm-hmm. Oh, the um, one with the big glass and table? And it's just the backstage of a theater. It is just <laughs> the back area of a theater. It is covered in curtains. Someone put some lights up because they once saw uh, the the uh, T-Mobile lounge. And uh, it looks like the computer they are using is just a bunch of cardboard boxes on top of each other. Just a bunch of cardboard boxes <laughs> yep. on top of each other. <laughs> Yeah. So, the curtains uh, were a real issue for me. If this is the most secure <laughs> and luxurious casino in the entire world, why is it only separated by curtains? It's just curtains I love, everywhere. I love um, when Trey closes the curtain 
like he just gets past a curtain. Everybody's right on the other side. And then in a not too soft voice is like, sorry, I had to ditch everyone. I'm on my way. Like you would hear that through a curtain. Those are not heavy. Those aren't fire curtains. They're no, certainly not sound dampening curtains. There is no soundproofing on the entire plane. There is no soundproofing. There's no way that you would not be able to hear everything that happened at any point in the plane, on the plane. It's, it's, in, it's just insanity. It's my favorite kind of insanity. But, I mean, it made cats look very realistic. That's all I'm saying. It made me think, like, yeah, they could be that size. They could be that height. This could be their own. Give me the money plane, butthole code. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) Uh, So we're introduced to the plane and the house rules by the concierge, played by uh, Mr. Joey Lawrence, who here are the rules of money plane. You get a bracelet. There's the lounge and the casino. Also, apparently somewhere on this small plane, everybody has a room to themselves. Don't fuck the stewardesses. There is a zero tolerance cheating policy. There are adventure. Uh, what are they called? Adventure excursions. And also, I feel like we 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 can't talk about Joey Lawrence without talking about his weird fucking fashy haircut. Like we can't do it. Uh, he still has his famous Joey Lawrence widow's peak. It would be a a buzz cut, but it it it's just not. Um, the hair. It looks like is- flocking. It looks like a flocked Funko. It is yeah. complete. Yeah, it is uh, completely shorn about uh, right at the widow's peak area, and then uh, just a, just a bunch of hair. But like it's yeah. plugs, right? It's Hold plugs. On. It's yeah, isn't it? Because there's the big scar in the back of his head, and he was bald. I gave him that. <laughs> yeah, but you could also just like not. So why would you pay all that money to get new hair, and then or just get a wig and man. then have it be not good? That's he's had it. He had it when he was when he was hosting Splash. Or whatever that, that sure. uh, show was, the celebrity diving show. I remember, I just know Melissa and Joey. He had no hair. Like that's yeah, no what hair. I right. know. Oh no, he had like he no looked hair. good bald. Yeah, Look, he did. He's a good-looking he guy. Just be bald, my, man. my personal experiences with him, he was always super nice and very pleasant. Here's the thing: we don't know any of these people. We're sure they're cool. We're still gonna make fun of the fucking movie they made. Uh, I know uh, them. Edge <laughs> looks good. Um, you you know them. Uh, and I'm gonna it. make fun of the movie they made. Hold on. I'm going to see if I, I have the speech he's giving queued up. I'm going to see if I can do it in his cadence. I can't. Um, but this is Dan- Daniel Radford as the concierge. <laughs> Let me see how I do. Right, Edge just sat down with his uh, beautiful suit and even more beautiful man bun. He brought that suit from home. That- Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen as a representative of the house, house it's my, my pleasure to welcome, welcome you to the money plane. I am your concierge. And I am here, to, I'm facilitate here to facilitate your, your every desire, desire for action and speculation. Was he? Do, did he do the Lawrence. cinnamon challenge before this? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then Edge is given a lot of underbag eye while he's like, "Oh no, I'm the cheater." <laughs> Edge does a lot of eye acting in this film. There's a he's, lot yeah. of eye acting. I, I look. We're it's we're big. we're we are currently shitting on this. We will continue shitting on this. Man, Edge did the work. He's not bad. This is a bad movie. He could be good. I love that he boy. He could be good in a good movie. And I will say the scene where he gets out of bed in the middle of the night and walks down the stairs with the moonlight on his rippling abs yeah, is just 
it's it's pretty hot and it appears to be why he was cast because he doesn't really have much else to do well and i thought that maybe this was shot in canada but so i did some uh research it was not right no uh so this was shot most of this i'm guessing is in a black box theater um and that's why you have all the curtains everywhere uh, it just uh, made just, me really sad that they shot it in New Orleans and they did not even attempt to get me an alligator after I was explicitly promised I, I wanted to see a, a guy gator. fuck an alligator money plane. And then was there, I mean, we'll talk, I'm sure Hal's going to lead us through the challenges and the bets that we see. But what I do want to say, spoiler alert, no one at any point even attempts to make out with an alligator. It's check. No, no, no. It's Chekhov's fucking alligator, man. You tell me and the first fucking act that there is an alligator. Like, it doesn't need to be the thing where, like, the alligator is a bet. Make the alligator eat the bad guy. It is Chekhov's alligator. You have you to know, pay that off. You thought it was Chekhov's alligator, but it was Schrodinger's alligator. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Wah, we wah, never wah, opened wah. the box, so we don't know if there was an alligator or not that it was the alligator <laughs> was or was not simultaneously behind the curtain and it was the only curtain we never saw pulled back there there's a whole thing where jack was a great poker player that a terrible poker player that he sits down at the poker table and loses on a terrible hand. Like, I could tell you as somebody who plays poker, <laughs> his hand was such a pile of shit. He had bottom pair and then it only improved because the board paired off, which means somebody's got somebody has a set. At least. And and anybody who has even one card higher than you beats you. There's no way to win. So he pushes all in with two guys in the hand with him. Two which guys. Which is a stupid mistake to make. So Terrible. Uh, if he ever had any skills as a poker player, he has forgotten mm-hmm. the game. But oh, the game. It, normally the game. in a movie like this, mm-hmm. his path to redemption is him recovering what made him a great poker player and like, winning like a game. The point being, he loses what is probably not an insignificant amount of money and then just gets up and walks away and says, all right, McGillicuddy. Yeah, but he leaves it, it to the convincingly named Mr. McGillicuddy. Who does not Irish, want to be Irish national, yeah. Irish national Mr. McGillicuddy. Then I realized, Mr. McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy. Fine Irishman. And yeah. also, if we have learned nothing, one thing that me and Lindsay definitely know from all of our experience playing poker is you got to mm-hmm. know when to hold them, know when That's to right. fold them, That's know right. when to walk away, and know yes. when to run off of the money plane. <laughs> That's the play. only thing I know about poker. That is what we That's know. the only it, thing I know about poker, and in fact, life. That pot is won by the middlest Lawrence brother, Matthew, who has a mustache on and a cowboy hat and is really yeehawing it up. <laughs> Which is a bummer because he's the hot Lawrence. Like, look, Joey uh, had his day and he was the pretty Lawrence. Like, he was the one who was like, oh, you're really, really pretty. But, like, yeah, but Matthew was, Lawrence. like, the hot Lawrence. So, uh, and they, but you they know ruined what? that. Uh, that. That mustache carries at least 20,000 Bitcoin. So. Yeah. So, we, we move from poker to a more intense game. The Texan, the Cowboys only satisfied with a game of Russian roulette played with one of Yosemite Sam's revolvers. <laughs> This scene goes on for so long. So long. Did you know that the rule in Russian roulette, and this is, you know, you can check the uh, International Olympic Committee's website. They'll tell you this. And I will. Oh, and I will. When you win a game of Russian roulette, your opponent has to go first. But they argue back and forth about it until the cowboy's like, all right, I'll do it. And then he shoots himself in the head. Goodbye, Matthew Lawrence. 
It's it's hard because I think you know I don't know if they were the U.S. rules because obviously the U.K. rules are different. Oh, so I different. really had to like you know think about that one. Maybe that's why it helped that that scene was so long. Uh, um, so uh, Lindsay, what are the uh, uh, gentlemen's rules for self? Uh, uh, not gunshotting. In- uh, well, I, it was actually yeah. very similar to what actually transpired on Money Plane, which is where you both insist out of politeness that the other person go first until someone else picks up the gun and just fires it until someone dies. But Russian Roulette, I enjoyed for the background note of people putting on ponchos. That was my favorite part of the Russian Roulette game. Yeah, I really enjoyed like a, that. That's the Gallagher concert of of underground black market games. Mm-hmm. Well, so you have firing to work a gun on a plane seems like a terrible idea. The number of times a gun is fired on the plane, including by the concierge, because somebody's caught cheating, that zero tolerance shot in the zero head. Zero tolerance. Although it was a uh, very smooth action when the concierge shoots someone in the head. I thought it was well, very good. And I mean, But then on. also it was a little bit Chekhov's gun where I expected to see more of the concierge's gun come into play later because that was almost as an aside to say, hey, I am actually a danger. I too am a badass motherfucker. Uh, and- but see, Lindsay, that's what happens um, when you plot. Uh, yeah, there uh, wasn't really any of that, was there? When you, when you do a plot, those are the things that you do. And that is where we messed up. Was there was a there script. One. There was an idea. Mm-hmm. There was some people, not even high. I think Coke. I think there were some coked up people who went, what if we combined Con Air with Ocean's Eleven and maybe throw in a little bit of Saw, but we don't really worry too much about the script and then we just pay Frasier. Uh, moving on, we get... <laughs> we get Jack... Executing the first part of the plan, which is breaking into the cockpit. They take out the pilot. And then he's like, well, I'm all clear. And then he's like, oh, right. Co-pilot. Co-pilot. So That's, he's got f- I mean, because they never have those on planes. Oh, and uh, one of the things that jo- the concierge assures everybody is we have the best pilots in the world. They're the best. Yeah. There's going to be a smooth well, flight. He himself so, is a pilot. He yes. makes a point of saying, I am That's a pilot. Right. So again, I'm thinking further down the line, I'm going to get to see Joey Lawrence fly a motherfucking plane. Same. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> they get into a fight. Edge a lot of, of elbow co-pilot. work. A lot of elbow work. They slam very each tight other into space the... for two large men to have a fight. Yeah, they get the, the instruments are getting a beating here. And so the plane keeps taking dives and moving. And it's like shaking an... Anybody who's experienced bad turbulence on mm. a plane, this is not what that is. But the concierge, instead of going to check it out, he's like, I assure you, whatever this is, it's fine. Our pilots are doing their best. Like, not even a, a thought of, we should go uh, go check it, go check the cockpit. Well, like, have a little chat, because presumably he's got, like, an earpiece in where he could speak to the pilots, you'd think. Yeah. At or any use your point. bracelet. It's still a plane, right? Like, don't they have to, like, talk to people on the ground? Also, you'd I will say so. this. I like... I like the way the blood uh, gave Edge like a little bit of like a a, a fun and flirty uh, red streak. Yeah, a nice little red Malin streak. Very broken Edge. Mm, very broken edge. money plane yeah. Edge. He's at this point. <laughs> so now he's in the cockpit where he remains for th- practically the rest of the movie uh, yeah. as broken money plane Edge. Why do you hire a physical presence such as Edge in an action movie and then just have him sit in a cockpit? Because he don't, don't know what to it. do with all that poker and scrambled edge. <laughs> They're coming again. 
I'm the worst. Don't encourage that. Oh, good night, Tyson fights. <laughs> yeah, wait. Let's talk about these adventure events or whatever they were yes. called. Number one, you're betting on man versus cobra. Yeah. And all of this is done to in a way that we that, to minimize effects. Everything's just happening just off screen. It turns into like a radio drama. Like, oh, look, you won't believe this cobra's attacking a guy. You have to guess how long they're going to last. And McGillicuddy goes on an amazing streak just <laughs> guessing. And he definitely looks like he belongs there and is super he confident among all these. Does. And you should always, groups. if you're yeah. on an international casino filled with the baddest motherfuckers on the planet, and you, you should definitely not ask questions about the man who never seems to be able to respond to his own name. You should definitely not ask questions about that fella. You should be like, he seems on the up and up. He works with a human trafficker, which is what Edge's cover is. Um, and he's definitely legit, this delightful, squirrelish black man whose name is McGillicutty and almost vomits after every event. Look, uh, uh, black Irish exist, but also uh, I, I just, uh, Irish didn't own a lot of us. It's just not, it's just a, just a whole uh, thing. But I do want to get like into- It's like a weird connection. Like, they're like, oh, I know what will make him seem legit. Let's make him Irish. <laughs> Did any of your family live through the troubles, Mr. McGillicuddy? (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about the potato blight? And he needs to have a feeling. He needs to have a feeling. I have Irish friends and they have a feeling. Oh, they all have feelings. I really worry about Have you seen Dairy Girls, Mr. McGillicuddy? (laughs) And did you understand it? It's also a big problem. By the way, we should say Jack Reese's cover is as a as a renowned sex trafficker that nobody's ever met. The real sex trafficker however was killed by Isabella on his team so apparently he wasn't that hard to find all along or maybe no. that's a sign of either how good his team is or just how good Isabella is on well, her own because she how good Isabella is because this is what we yeah. haven't talked about is that the yeah. only person in this entire team that seems to have the actual skills required of her and the gumption to carry out her part in any scheme is Isabella well, uh, who I mean, is the bestest one but also yep. the most murdery one so sure. you know she loves her best friends that's important. Yeah. Right. But she is definitely 100% an actual psychopath. Oh, yeah. I do want to, I quickly, so there is Man versus Cobra. What are the other? That's Piranha. Man versus Piranha. Man That's piranha. pretty great. What was the other one? There was they get man... it right to the bone. Yeah. Uh, oh, it was the men, the two men just sat in the room together and then one man hits the other one in the head with an axe. So okay. there's the, the Bludgeon Brothers is the yeah. uh, is the second test. And so, <laughs> they, I'm glad that oh, uh, Rowan is working. That's what pleased me. Yeah. And so in fiction, um, there is man versus nature, which you have in Man v. Cobra, Man v. Piranha, and mm. the mythical, never seen uh, <laughs> man versus gator. There is man versus man, which is the two men versus each other. And then uh, there is man versus self, which I think manifests in the game of Russian roulette. This movie has every form of storytelling. We've been too unkind to this movie. It is clearly. All the themes that we learned in college on the first day and never, I never revisited. Can I be real a second for just a millisecond? This is exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) So they transfer the Bitcoin, then the vaults, nothing is what it appears to be. They set up Darius Grouch. I'm just going to fast forward us through this. <laughs> they set up Darius Grouch. He's like, I'm the best motherfucker in the world. I'm going to take down the money plane. Are you really fucking with me right now? Are you fucking with me? 
you think you're a badass, yeah? The criminals on this plane would eat you alive. On this plane, you're a dime a dozen, Colonel. I don't give a fuck who's on that plane. I'm the baddest motherfucker on the planet. I am Darius Grouch the third, the Rumble, and I am taking down the money plane. Now bring me my money. And they wind up playing that for everybody in the money plane over the loudspeaker, which nobody bats an eye at. They're just like, no, everyone's like, well, yeah, he seems like an asshole. Yeah, they're like, we're going to kill Darius Grouch the third. Who wants to bet he'll be dead in 15 minutes? So the terrible people on the money plane never get their comeuppance. They just no. redeem themselves by sending some masked men in a minivan yes. to Frasier's house. Uh, Frasier slash Darius Grouch slash the Rumble slash the Colonel. You learned one of the principles of a good heist is your plan A is only as good as your plan B. Yes. And the plan B in this, when Iggy comes under attack on the ground, is to have Thomas Jane operate a drone with a handgun on it. <laughs> I Vanguard was excited 21. to see Vanguard's yeah. son. Yeah, Vanguard 3. Uh, Vanguard 357. Rocking up while Thomas Jane sat in his own home smoking a pipe and having like, a lull. A little yeah. bit of nepotism. I enjoyed it. A little bit of nepotism, yeah. but that's fine. Yeah, it's Look. fine. A little bit. A little bit goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Although I do think there was a role for Christian in this movie, and I think that Edge let his friend down. Um, I also enjoyed that uh, Edge took the time to move his laptop with the Skype connection down to the colonel on the ground two in front of the door of the plane because once they had strapped themselves full of oh no they didn't take the cash so they strapped themselves with the parachutes and then the criminals the the murderous isabella uh the terrible poker player edge and the beleaguered mr mcgillicotti have a conversation about how they don't want the money because it's dirty money and that they should just throw it out the plane um onto the empty desert below them it's bitcoin well there was the bitcoin and the cash because they they were going to supposed to transfer the bitcoin but then they had the cash right because like they were like we don't want this it's dirty we should give it to the people who have been damaged by these terrible people i'm like well you know what the best way to do that is fellas is take it with you and give it to them somehow i saw the five bloods like you you have to physically give the money to someone else you can't just throw it out the plane eventually the money is They make their money, their retirement score, off of the painting, which Darius Grouch had, I guess they stole it from him. Because it was a set-up. Because he he sent Edge to get the painting, Mm -hmm. but the painting was never there. Because it belonged to Darius in the first place, and he had moved it, but he hadn't moved it and hidden it to cover his tracks. He'd moved it to somewhere in Europe, I think in Italy, Uh and put it on display. So it was very easy for Thomas Jane to track the painting, see that it was already on display mere days after Mm. they were supposed to do the heist. It's just, you guys, you guys, it just never stops falling apart. I don't know at any point that it's one piece, but the movie never stops falling apart. Also, we don't get to see Frasier get blown up, which really pissed me off. Which you really need to. And also the, the painting just lives outside on like yeah. their porch it's a 40 million dollar painting and it's just hanging yeah. out on the back on the porch while they smoke and drink and is there a pool i think there's a pool there's definitely a dog it's just there's definitely idea. a dog and a cat and a cat would without a doubt piss on that painting yeah that that cat doesn't care about that duck no yeah well there's a movie folks you have you've ever, if you have any thoughts on what we've discussed connect with us on facebook twitter instagram and discord via this the links in our show notes Money Plane available on digital and DVD. We'll be back after this with some things from the wrestling world that you should know about. This is Tights and Fights. 
Hey, I'm Jared Hill, co-host of the brand new Maximum Fun podcast, Fan Time. And I'm Travel Anderson. I'm the other more fabulous co-host. And the reason you really should be tuning in. I feel the nausea rising. To be Fan is to be a big fan of something, but also have some challenging or anti-feelings toward it. Kind of like Kanye. We're all fans of Kanye. He's a musical genius, but like, you know. He thinks slavery is a choice. Or like the real housewives of Atlanta. Like, I love the drama, but do I want to see black women fighting each other on screen? Hell to the nah, to the nah, nah, nah. We're tackling all of those complex and complicated conversations about the people, places, and things that we love. Even though they may not love us back. Fanti, Maximum Fun, podcast. Ow. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and Bites. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk. This week we are going to end the show by sharing some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Danielle. All right, so really quickly, uh, AEW did two things uh, that were really, really awesome that I want to talk about. And one of them was Sunny Kiss, just being Sunny Kiss, uh, doing a badass intro, having a great, great fucking match. Just amazing. And this was, I think, one of the, the, the biggest things he's done in his career. And he brought it and there was no question. We always knew that he was amazing. And getting to watch him shine on such a big stage was great. So I'm putting him over for that. And then I'm also putting over the return of Vicky Guerrero to wrestling. Um, I know that, you know, uh, she had quit for a while. And honestly, I remember when that happened because I had like just moved to L.A. And when she retired and we realized because I don't follow a lot of the, the gossip stuff, we had just realized like that, like when that was happening, I was like, oh, shit, like this is a retirement. Like you could see it. I actually cried. Um, and so having her come back, I don't know if Naya needs a manager. I think Naya is pretty great at talking on her own. But I do... I think that they're smart in that Naya on her own, um, even as a monster and as a heel, she's not getting heel heat because we like her too much and we want her to succeed too much. And so you put her with a Vicky Guerrero who is going to get her some heel heat, um, except for me, who I'm going to love it either way. So uh, I have thoughts about that. But anyway, I'm really happy to see Vicky come back because I love her. And those are my things. Now, since it is official that I am the manager of Nyla Rose, I have a special message for the women's locker room. From this moment on, ladies, I am begging you to stop lying to yourselves of how great you are. And also admit that you will never be smart enough to cheat to win. And last but not least, Nyla Rose is going to steal every opportunity you have ever dreamed of. Wow. Lindsay. My things are New Japan, um, which have been my things for some time. But uh, New Japan had a huge uh, double show weekend this just past weekend. You can watch it on New Japan World, 9.99 yen. I enjoy both the pun and the price. Uh, And you can see uh, the final night of the New Japan Cup, where we got to see Okada versus Evil in the final, which was a, a, a perfectly decent match. But more so exciting at the end when Evil turned his back on LIJ and joined Bullet Club 
Uh, it was extremely scandalous. It was extremely scandalous. I cannot so begin scandalous. to tell you the ripples between that ran through Japanese wrestling uh, fandom. It was huge. It's awesome for Bullet Club, who have been floundering really for a while. Um, yeah. I was never a fan of the cutthroat era when Jay White came in and took over. And obviously, so many of the gaijin now are trapped abroad, so they're not able to be part of the shows. So it's great to have a uh, new leadership in there, if that's the way it's going. It looks very much like it is. And then the following night, we had Dominion, which is always an awesome pay-per-view. Uh, it's not a pay-per-view because it's on New Japan World, but you know what I mean. Um, and we had uh, Tetsuya Naito versus Evil for the double belts because that's what we do now. Everyone has a champ champ. Everyone has to have a two-strap champ. Uh, yeah. And pretty shockingly, I guess, I feel bad for Naito because he's, you know, champ champ, but he's had a very limited reign because of what's mm-hmm. been happening with COVID. He's not really been able to do so much with it. But uh, Evil won with a low blow that the ref didn't see. Mm-hmm. You don't see shenanigans like that in Japanese wrestling in New Japan that often. I say Japanese wrestling, specifically New Japan, it's a newer thing for them to have big title changes happen with shenanigans. It's a real yeah, it's a serious deal, yeah. heel move. It's very, very frowned upon. Um, so it was a big, big deal for him to win that way. And then his associate was revealed to be Dick Togo, which is, again, massive, 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 massive news if you're in Japan. Uh, no one saw that coming. I, I say no one. I did not see that coming. The internet that I am a part of did not see that coming. Takahashi came out, Daryl-less, but came out to defend his, um, defend his pal Naito and to find out why his pal Evil had turned on him in the way that he had. And it went full Twin Peaks for a good five minutes mm. of um, Hiromu just screaming in the middle of the ring on his hands and knees having a full breakdown. Uh, and if you go back, there's tons of stuff you can read about their relationship and their friendship and why this turn is a personal turn against Hiromu Takahashi. Um, and I recommend that you do follow that because they will be having a title match at the next event, which is going to be awesome all right i'm gonna put over uh the return of Shayna baszler to wwe programming hell yes Uh, in particular her promo she's such a good promo i feel like people don't recognize that enough all these weak-minded women's champions are running around fooling themselves under the delusion that they're in control that the limbs and the terror left in my wake are nothing but a distant memory. Well, the Queen of Spades is here to shatter that illusion by hitting you with a hard dose of reality. She's back, y'all. She is back. That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Danielle Radford and Lindsay Kelk, along with me, Hal Lublin, whose podcast, We Got This with Mark and Hal, also on the Maximum Fun Network, also worthy of your support, is doing a live stream Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for free. It's a special thank you. And uh, to rustle up support Mm. during Max Fun Drive, we're going to be joined by Janet Varney. And you can just subscribe to our YouTube channel and you'll know when uh, when we get live. If you forget me telling you right now, it's youtube.com forward slash we got this podcast. Lindsay, anything to promote? Um, books. 
good old-fashioned books. Um, <laughs> all of them, and specifically mine. Uh, I have a new one out next week in the UK, in case you missed it, it's out next week. Um, please feel free to pre-order it if you would like some lols. It's getting good, really good. I was going to say really good, and then I stopped myself because I'm English. It's getting good reviews. <laughs> it's making me feel much better about having a book come out during all of these shenanigans. Um, but yeah, and if you uh, are a book fan, you can get them from your library or wherever you get books. Uh, they're available, and if your library doesn't have them, you can request them, and then they will get them, and everyone's a winner. So, uh, books, 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 the books, 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 all the books. My book song. Great. <laughs> Love the song. song. Hit song. Hit song. Thanks. Danielle. Um, yeah, just my usual. Uh, uh, check me out on Fandom about like three days a week. Uh, you can uh, check out the Honest Trailers. Those come out every Tuesday. Uh, we're still doing uh, a, a great debate. There are, I think, uh, as of when this comes out, I believe there are three more episodes of the season. And so watch that. Uh, I would really like uh, to keep doing that show. And anything I have that pops up, just follow me on Danielle Radford at Twitter, and I'm usually tweeting about it. Our producer is fine Irishman Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Links to all of those are in our show notes. If you love what we do, remember to hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts and share us with all your friends. And as always, but especially now, thank you so much to the Max Fun members who make this show possible. You really do. This show would not happen without your support. And during Max Fun Drive, we're thinking about that extra, and we are extra, extra appreciative. But you're hearing about that before, during, and after. You're going to hear about it for the next four weeks. doesn't make it any less true. And hey, if you're looking for a new t-shirt during quarantine, a quarantine t-shirt, buy ours. Wear us on your back. It's surprisingly comfortable. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Put me on your nipples. Ties and Bites Podcast. Ties and you know we've been talking about the max fun drive this year uh you know we're we're obviously we're talking about it a little bit we're not doing as big of a push as we've done in other years because we understand that this year is not like other years and we are just so incredibly flabbergasted and really cuss word i can't say like grateful for everybody who is able and wants to support the shows they love in a monetary way and so we do have if you are able to do so um, you can go to maximumfund.org slash join and there are you know special incentives that you get if you can do a five dollar uh, every month uh, towards your favorite max fund shows make sure that you tick us down as one of those shows if you increase or if you start with a five dollar pledge then you will get bonus content and for tights and fights that is an episode of tapping titles y'all which is amazing but again we understand man uh things is real real hard right now so if you can't do a monetary donation if you're not able to join in that way we love you. We want you here. A link helps. Uh, retweets help. Just uh, putting out the good word helps. Giving us reviews helps. But most importantly, man, we love you. Stay safe. And if you're able to give anything, thank you. We appreciate it. If not, man, we understand. We love you. Wear your masks. Bye. Now bring me my money. Oh, please hold on. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.